0: Our lives are filled with stuff. We always have more than we need, and yet we're always discovering things that we need more of. And we resort to Amazon, a Dollar General, or whatever it is. What if there were a different way, a way that could help us all grow in our needed virtues? We'll see you in a moment on Elevate Ordinary. Well, hello and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grody,
1: And I'm Teresa Grody,
0: And we're back with another extraordinary conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. Thanks, as always, for joining us for this conversation, for being a part of it. Again, if you want to be more of a part of it, uh, be sure to join our patron community. If you, if you like this show, you want to support it, uh, visit elevateordinary.com, where there are varying ways that you can support the show and become part of that, that inner circle conversation. Um, we've been previewing for a while. We're planning to do a... A study on our favorite book, That Hideous Strength, from which the manor at St. Anne's, the title of that patron community, comes. Uh, also, the best way to get access to that uh, community, as well as the other shows on Awaken Catholic and all the other good stuff, all kinds of other good stuff, is the Awaken app. The Awaken app.io. Get it on the Google Play Store, Apple Store, all that kind of stuff. It's a good place, good resources. Teresa, we're talking today about stuff. We were talking about lots of stuff, but stuff generally. meta A meta conversation a little bit about stuff. That's how I began this episode, the pre-episode today, that um, I guess the way I want to get into this topic today is that I have noticed in myself, this is why this topic is important to me, I have noticed in myself a lot of troubling habits uh, connected to stuff and the consumption of stuff in the culture today. I mean, I think we're all afflicted similarly that we have too much stuff. And not enough things <laughs> what, what you like our, our, we always have we're, there's so much stuff There's so much clutter in our house we're always seemingly accumulating we have kids it's always like new things are coming to the house and and none of it's getting played with or used
1: yeah and even so like as soon as you get on the internet like instagram or pinterest or something like that you're c- yeah. continuously aware of like all the stuff that you don't have that you wish you had yeah, that yeah. would make your home so much better better excuse me yeah. um
0: and yet And yet, (laughs) and yet you're always like, oh, crap, I I, I need need to get all the stuff out of my house. You know, I need new hardware for this. I need to do that. And so what are we doing? We resort to Amazon.com. We always have packages showing up or going to the dollar general and buying a bunch of cheap crap. And you know what? It all uh, rightly feels very futile and very wrong in a variety of different ways. Um, and we're not okay, going to talk cause, about because we're all feeding those. the economy. That's we're right. Yeah, feeding we're feeding it. We're doing good. We're being our we're feeding community. the
1: monster of the economy. Right. That's right. Right. And if we don't feed it, it no. I'm sorry.
0: That's another show. <laughs> there are a million topics you could go off on from that starting point. You know, we're only going to take one small thread, and that small thread is something that we discovered that's already out there. Um, in the past couple of years, we really got into, and it is this 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 neat thing that's happening these days. It's, it's called a buy nothing group. Um, yeah, so it's yeah. hosted
1: on Facebook. Yeah, um, One of the main reasons I haven't dropped my Facebook account. Um, but it's it's like a national movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can start it in their own geographical area. Yeah. And it's basically my dream, which is like connecting people with wants and needs, mm-hmm. creating win-win situations. You have these things that you don't need anymore. Somebody has a need and we do like a porch pickup drop-off, whatever. Um And um, it's been, gosh, it has been such a blessing in our lives. Let me, I'm just going to give a couple examples over the the last year. So we are a big family and we had one refrigerator and we needed a second refrigerator. (laughs) Um, And people are always giving away appliances because you buy appliances and they cost money to be hauled away. So a lot of times people will put on the buy nothing group, like come take my appliance away. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We got a a really nice... um, refrigerator and we have a second fridge now in the garage. Um, and my dad, um, we mentioned a couple episodes back that, um, my dad had kind of this rather miraculous emergent surgery, um, on his spine and it took him a long time to recover. And when we found out he was having the surgery, I got on the buy nothing group. I asked for things that I really thought maybe no one was going to be able to give me, but maybe they could tell me where to get them from or something like that. But, um, I asked for a hospital bed, a commode, mm-hmm. um a wheelchair, a ramp, oh my goodness, a like one of those ramps, um, what is it called like not a pocket ramp, a briefcase ramp. Um and a variety of other things and within 24 hours all of them had been fulfilled including the ramp and the hospital bed which somebody delivered and put in our garage. Amazing. Yeah. Um it was it truly like just it just seemed also so so providential and we believe in a providential God. Um, but sometimes we have to make these situations in which we put people in contact and in community with one another. Um, And actually, like, I I printed out the buy nothing rules. I was asked by a priest to come talk to their parish about the possibility of starting a buy nothing group because parishes are kind of in a position where people just drop stuff off to them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, maybe the school could use this. Maybe the parish could use this. We didn't want to get rid of this, you know, so we're just going to give it to you. And then the parish is like, this isn't my job. Mm -hmm. You know, like, this isn't what I do. Um, I don't know what to do with this stuff. Um so I came and I talked to them about the possibility of maybe like having a couple of volunteers start a one of the the national buy nothing groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But then I also wanted to encourage them a little further in the Christian tradition of essentially having a parish savings accounts for um for the needs of parishioners that go beyond like immediate and necessary like like what you would think a saint vincent de paul mm-hmm. does you know help people with utilities help people with food and, and whatnot um so i want to talk about those two things i i brought my notes from the um from the yeah. talk i gave and i think it's really interesting and i think it's a good a good practice to revive
0: right so we'll, i mean we'll talk we'll talk more about the By Nothing Group and how it works. And, of course, we're we're encouraging it. It's it's a neat opportunity and some of these other things. But throughout this, too, again, I think part of what we want to talk about here is, like, through this experience, we've learned a lot about our own habits with relation to stuff. Mm -hmm. We've learned a lot about uh, vices that we have and virtues that we need that we we weren't getting, we weren't being able to practice just because our life wasn't structured there. Our Mm -hmm. attitudes towards uh, our things and people around us weren't structured properly. And so that's a lot of, so that's, again, that's our kind of a model here. We're starting with something that to us is pretty ordinary stuff and the buy nothing group now and and parish life. We want to step back and look at, you know, scratch the surface a little bit and say, what are the virtues and vices involved here? What, what are the opportunities here that we're all perhaps missing? And then we want to return to those practicalities and say, Hey, there's, there's opportunities. Now we can really sink our teeth and our fingers into uh, for the glory of God, for our neighbor's good. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, there needs to be a kind of disclaimer.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'll, let me. I can jump yeah. in. If you want me to. Yeah. Go yeah. Yeah. So, so right off the bat here, I mean, whenever we start in our just the baggage of our culture today, whenever we we hear things like like uh, well, buy nothing or sharing or giving, because of the the political discourse, you know, that's been in our country and world, you know, past decades, past hundred years, people immediately think this sort of capitalism versus socialism sort of sort of struggle. They're thinking in terms of these. These dichotomies, you know, the right and the left, conservatism, liberalism, capitalism, socialism. We're not going to get into all of that. But one of the main point I want to make here is that um, we need to examine that baggage a little bit. Because uh, when we hear sometimes these words, sharing and giving, again, our mind instantly goes to one of those political sides. But what I want to, what I want to say here about this is that what this what we're talking about here in terms of the, our Christian call to give and to share is the literal opposite of socialism or communism. You know, in other words, a system by that we are ceding our Christian responsibility to do good to a system, to a government, to, you know, some organization, to some bureaucrats, whatever. And this is the literal opposite of that. Yeah, that's a different conversation. I think that's all a pretty bad idea, a lot of that kind of stuff. But what we're talking about here is the, the Christian responsibility to grow in the virtues related to community life, related to our duty to the poor, related to people around us. Um, that's not the government's responsibility. That's not uh, a, a system's responsibility. That's my responsibility. So this is the literal opposite of that. This is radically taking my responsibility and my opportunity as a Christian to do good, to do the works of mercy that Christ has called me to, to, to imitate Christ in the way that I interact with my stuff and the people around me. So that's what we're ta- talking about when we're kind of scratching the surface here. We're not talking about that discussion about government or, or political systems or economics. That's somebody else's discussion. This discussion is about virtue.
1: It's it's radically giving as if your soul depended on it. Because it does. Right. So um, the church teaches the universal destination, destination of, of goods. all goods. What um, that means is... What that means is, let me flip through these five pieces of paper from the notes for my talk. If you ever invite me to give a talk, this is what you'll get. You'll get like many, many pages and Teresa leafing through them. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so the universal destination of all goods is that all created things are abundant and generous gifts from God intended for all persons. None of it is ours, and we have stewardship over our goods based on our station in life, which is the care of those under our authority and the fact that you must give if you have, period. This isn't like what extra good Christians do. Um, this is what's commanded a, of us and what is expected of Christians. If we have money or things beyond our station and beyond the care of our souls, it is just simply not ours. Yeah. And we're to find a destination for it, yeah. right? Um, so that's, that's very different than abdicating your responsibility to right. a system. Right, or, right.
0: Or, or, yeah, or trying to get involved in somebody else's responsibility. No, we're talking about ourselves for a moment here. My responsibility, what Christ calls me to. And again, this universal destination of goods, everything that has been, everything has been created by God and given to us for the doing of good. I mean, this is, this is, this is not new. This is in Christian history. There's been this recognition that even this notion of private property, it's, it's true in the sense of stewardship. We have things because that's, that's how we interact with the world, but we're given things. The Lord gives us wealth or food or whatever we have to do good with, to take care of ourselves, take care of our families, and then to do good to the people around us. That's yeah, what if, stuff is for. <laughs> if
1: you want to understand this a lot better mm-hmm. and understand the like the metaphysical nature of private property, mm-hmm. um Pope Leo XIII's encycl- encyclical Rerum Novarum is just it is a phenomenal read. Like it'll blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Like unless you've studied this stuff, the the framework for what the church teaches about private property is—I mean, it's just breathtaking. It's like learning theology of the body for the first time. So, uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, same guy we got, same guy, <laughs> same some saint. Dude, guy. Um, we got the the Saint Michael the Archangel prayer from right. um, *Rerum Navarum*. Uh, so, when I first joined the Buy Nothing group in our in our town. Um, it was right around Christmas time and we are just really bad with Christmas gifts. <laughs> we always intend to purchase them throughout the year. You know, I go to rummage sales with like lists and they just never really come to fruition. And then towards like the month before Christmas, we're always kind of scrambling. He's the guy who goes um, like Christmas Eve <laughs> and locks his keys in his car when the, he's wearing shorts, impro- picking up, you know, gifts for the kids or whatever.
0: That was that was oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> He's that guy. I don't don't know.
1: But so we joined the Buy Nothing group right around Christmas, right around when I was realizing, like, I don't have gifts for all the kids. We totally forgot one kid. Sorry, middle child. Um, And and when I was looking through all the stuff people were posting, there was really, like, this grasping and this, like, intense excitement. You know, I'd be like, look what I got. I got this thing. I got this, Mm -hmm. you know— and that that is kind of like the nature of humanity. That's how you you maybe are a baby. That's where we that's coming, a starting point you know? oftentimes. Yeah. And then as it like as I started to recognize this in myself and I was just becoming a little uncomfortable with like, oh geez, this is kind of I don't like this feeling. I began to grow in virtue with the group. You know, and to grow in detachment about things that I see on there that I want. And as I began to, like, recognize my neighbor's names or, like, people mm-hmm. who had given to me or people I had given to previously and I knew a little bit about, show up, like, in the comments underneath right. an item, I'm just like, yeah, that would fit them a lot better than it would fit me, you know. Yep. And, like, God brought me these, like, paving stones when I needed to make my raised bed gardens before. Like, if he if I really am supposed to have this, you know, like, he'll bring it to me, right? <laughs> And it, it does like just the other day we got a, a we got a whole cow and I didn't realize how big that was. And we didn't have enough room not, for not it. Not off the Buy Nothing Group. Uh, not off the Buy Nothing Group. Sorry. We purchased it from a local slaughterhouse, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, local slaughterhouse. I don't know what to call you. Meat locker. Yeah. Um, And it was too much. And I put out there like help. Like we're getting this cow. It's way too much. Does anyone have a chest freezer? And chest freezers are the kinds of things that people buy a house and Mm. someone has left it in their basement. And they don't want to carry it up the stairs and it's just kind of sitting there and it's a pain in the butt. And so someone gave us a chest freezer, you know. And anyway, so like when when I need it, God clearly brings it to my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps me just increase trust and practice detachment. Yeah. You know, and just say, like, God God has provided in the past. He will provide again. Well, and
0: that's a key. And you mentioned it earlier that, that one of the—if if you go back, there was, we had some episodes here on this show and other shows here on Awakening Catholic with the New Polity guys, newpolity.com, talking a lot about the money, the virtues, the virtues related to money. And one of the big themes there was this question of what um, what is our, our, our sort of presumption? What's, a, what's our worldview that's kind of behind our thoughts and actions with regards to God And stuff and money, and one thing that comes out in those discussions is you realize, oh, wait a minute. Like, certainly, I consciously believe and I'm practicing this faith, but I also kind of don't really believe that God is a provident Father who's going to take care of me. I I do feel this 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 anxiety that we've had with us ever since Eden, right? That I kind of need to like watch out for myself. Like, I mean, I'm sure God's good and He'll help me out a little bit, but I can't I can't really trust Him. It's imprudent. Yeah, I got Trust in
1: his providence. Yeah, I'll
0: I'll trust in God, <laughs> but I'll also do everything I humanly possible to make sure that nothing could go wrong in my life. And those are at odds with one another. Like you're it's going to be one or the other. Ulti- you're going to put your ultimate trust in God and then live prudently, yes, or you're ultimately going to trust in yourself and your abilities and the financial system and all these worldly means of trying to secure your security and then you're going to just going kind to of give God the rest. You're going to just kind of pray, go through the motions of praying and asking God for help. And that's really important to grapple with. You know, and it's not something we can directly change, but we can recognize in ourselves, you know, which direction we kind of lean. And one of the again, so for me too, getting involved with the Buy Nothing Group initially, I, I went into it as a as a as a, a Craigslister for many years. I used to flip like furniture and you know electronics on Craigslist. Um, and and entering the Buy Nothing Group, it was like, oh, now there's all this stuff. But I quickly realized to myself, like, wow, I've had this anxious relationship with stuff all these years. Like, when I need something, I'm, I'm anxious to, to find it and, and try to purchase it cheaply, or if I, um, or if I want to get rid of something, I'm anxious to make sure I get my money's back on it. And it's a really anxiety. It's the whole thing is fraught with anxiety, our relationship to money. Whereas, very quickly after I got involved in this group, I I encountered like a, a little bit of a piece in recognizing, wait a minute, this is this is playing into. What should be normal for me as a Christian, which is to believe, you know, God, there is enough. And God will take care of us, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can I can loosen my grip on my things. I don't need to worry about getting back every penny for something I bought and I don't need anymore. No, I can I can take that opportunity to say, you know what, if someone else could use this, I want to I want to make this a moment of of uh, mercy, a moment of love, a moment of sharing God's love with another person that is so much more worth it than like making myself anxious trying to get 20 bucks off of Craigslist for this. thing.
1: It, it also teaches you something that God is continuously trying to teach us, which is that your relationships are more, are, are like the most important right, thing right. you That's can have. That's the treasure right there. So the fact that this community, and this is part of the buy nothing rules, like yes, it's about giving and receiving, but it's mainly about building community relationships. When you realize that you can truly rely on your community and that there are people there who you've, you've looked in the face or you've had these interactions with who have given you something or you have given something to them. Um, we've noticed this with like the meal trains. We've talked about meal trains before where moms have, especially really well-educated women, we have a lot of baggage to take care of ourselves, to implement our family perfectly mm-hmm. and when we don't do it like it's all our fault yeah. like it's because i'm not being a good wife i'm not being a good Carrying mother the I'm not being the world. a world homemaker yeah. and what i've noticed with our the meal trains is that when you a meal train is like a schedule of meals after some for some reason yeah, you know usually we use it like somebody sick. just had a baby like
0: you set up a schedule. Everybody signs yeah. up for a slot, and then that person has meals brought to them by friends and neighbors yeah. for weeks on end. I mean, it's you know great. You
1: do, you do. Like the meal train, really makes you realize that you can rely on the other people in your community mm-hmm. to take care of you, and you begin to feel what that taking care of you feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it does. Like as a mom, it does like loosen this like. I have to have 20 meals in the freezer before I have this baby, which I do anyway, because mm-hmm. they last forever. And <laughs> you always need a meal. There's always a reason. Um, but it's like I, I'm i preparing, I'm preparing, I'm going to make sure everything is perfect and we can execute everything and that I have everything planned. Um, but it, it does just help you realize, like, I do have a community. Yeah. If I have a need, like I, I'm John Marks out of town and for some reason I need to get this freezer out of the basement or this appliance needs to come out of the basement, I have a group... Of women's husbands that I can contact who can lift this thing out of the basement. Yeah. I don't have to just rely on me and like my disabled parents <laughs> to help me. Um, there's a greater community, and once you you realize that about your community,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all of the other systems that were were anxious about or were worried about or that we're relying on, they take less of a precedence. Mm-hmm you know and it's more important that you know your neighbors that i know my neighbors that i have a good relationship with my neighbors that like i really try <laughs> with my neighbors um, because they're the people who are there and yeah. that i can rely on um
0: there's the there's the the gift so i mean and you got to think of the mutuality of gift giving right when when someone needs something and you're able to, to step in and give them a gift that's, that's great for them like i mean you know make somebody a meal or you know m- mow their lawn because they're laid up or whatever like that's a great gift and it benefits them but you also have to realize especially in society today where we're so disconnected we're so isolated like we're all we all kind of feel impotent to make a impact on the world whatever what a gift it is to give somebody else the opportunity to serve you again we think of christ uh and and saint peter at the last supper when christ wants to get down and wash peter's feet and peter's like no 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 i can't let you possibly do that and he and, and and christ you know what, is, what does Jesus say to him?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm Catholic.
0: <laughs> what does he say? I can't remember the exact words. But, but, the, but the point is I think what we have You're exemplified just in that you know yeah, it. we're testing yeah, no, it. We have exemplified here that the mutuality of giving. Like certainly like like Christ wants to do is doing this good thing for Peter, but I think he's also showing him like you need to let people serve you. Like there's mm-hmm. like what an act of humility it is when you allow another person or the God of the universe to kneel down and wash your feet Mm -hmm. or make you a meal or lend you a tool. Like there's as much in giving and receiving, there's a gift on both ends in that relationship of being, of allowing someone to serve you. That's yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. It's proper socialization. Mm. Um, Like when I think back through my time in education, it's funny because the, the biggest reason I wanted to homeschool our kids was because I wanted them to receive real socialization Mm. Not the socialization I received. And that's like the, the number one thing people are worried about when they homeschool their kids. Like, how are they going to get socialized? Um, but when I think about the socialization that education provided me, not ed, sorry, the school system provided me, was that I, I am going to learn to be self-sufficient. And I am going to learn to be the one that everyone else relies on. Because I'm the one that's educated, I'm the one that, you know, and I will be able to do all these things, which is true with education. But when there's when there hmm. when there's an aspect of only building systems hmm. of which you implement,
0: yeah.
1: you lose the ability to allow you to be the one that is receiving the charity. If that makes sense. I don't know. Um, But that, I mean, I always took care of myself. I was Mm -hmm. very, very ambitious. I grew up in poverty. And, like, this is another thing with the Buy Nothing groups. Like, I grew up in poverty. Members of my family still live in poverty. And God very clearly spoke to us of his care through material things that would simply just appear when we needed them. Like, I remember one time there was even this this mistake at the bank Mm. Where my mom was like, this the fact that this bill is going to come out like is a really huge deal and we don't have the money in there. And it was just like, all of a sudden, $2,000 just showed up in our bank account. And it was a mistake and it hovered there until our check came in. And then it was like, oh, the bank figured out the mistake and they took the money back. But it was like, like there were, there were just always situations in which the material world was clearly, like God was clearly taking care of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never won the lottery and we never had a nice... A nice house is like a, uh, I don't, that's like an understatement, you know, and, but we were always taken care of always, always, you know, um, I don't know where I
0: was going with that. We we can link this back to our previous discussions of virtues. I mean, this is, this is not about not being prudent. Like we have to be uh, intentional and aware in our lives and God had calls us to a certain uh, station in life and people to take care of. And so, yeah, we do our, our best to do that. But we don't do that in the in a context of thinking that uh, this anxious context of of well if, man if I if I don't if I don't have enough strength I don't have enough discipline then well I'm the I'm the I'm the ball stops with me like we we're doing this in in the universe of a provident God a loving Father who's taking care of us and so uh, the grace is there we uh, we have a responsibility we have an opportunity uh, to imitate our Lord in giving to others and taking care of each other. Um, he- but that that relationship of our work and our under our underlying relationship with God, our trust in God, that is important because it's so easy to get those out of order, where we we work first and we kind of sort of trust God second, rather than keeping the first things first. There,
1: yeah. Another aspect of the socialization that this group has provided for me, and I'm sure countless others, is that you are socialized into the fact that you're actually dealing with other people who are who are trying to be, do good to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's totally, by the rules, it's totally up to the person who's giving to gift. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, tally. There's no, you've given to this person, I've given to this person. Why did you give to this person instead of me? Um, Or there's not, like, an implemented system where you have to pick the first person that comments or whatever. It's
0: completely free. And. Like, you're, yeah, you're encouraged to, yeah, yeah.
1: Something that that has moved within me is that. I don't feel like I have to have this contractual obligation to this person. Mm -hmm. I can interact with them like they're another human being who wants to do me well. Mm -hmm. So if like, for example, I schedule to pick something up at a certain time, but I can't do it. I can reach out to that person like I would a normal person and say, Hey, thank you so much for offering this to me. But like my kids are throwing up now and I don't (laughs) want to put them all in the car to try to make this up. You know, can you hold it for me for Mm -hmm. whatever? Um, Instead of feeling like they're going to take it away from me. And they might, they could, they could say like, I need it gone today. So I'm just going to go to the next person. I hope that's Mm -hmm. okay. But the reality is that you're, you're dealing with another person. You're not dealing with a contract or a system. Um, And even like within their, their guidelines, they talk about how the moderators are going to guide posts, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you put something that they think is a little too forward, they're, they're going to coach you through how maybe you would say it next time, like me, they don't like, they don't like people commenting like me next, you know, but just like, yeah. imagine you're talking to a real person. You wouldn't be like me.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it was you so know? funny. Cause you know, over the summer we had the new polity guys here and we were talking about all the virtues related to money and lots of these kinds of conversations. And I kind of went home and I took another look at the Buy nothing group. And I was like, it's almost like someone set up this group precisely as a system to help us all kind of gently nudge us all in the direction of practicing these virtues. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, it's just set up to do that in terms of the language. I was going to say something else. What was it? I don't remember. Go ahead.
1: I think this is also – so I want to give a plug because I think that this will work really well on the parish level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think – so in the Middle Ages, we used to have a part of the church that was called the Almonry, mm. And the new – actually, if we keep referencing the New Polity guys. Um, but if you go to New Polity um, – they've got an awesome podcast on money and one of the episodes is called What the Hell is an (laughs) Almonry?" But they used to have... um, It's a great episode. But they used to have um, uh, like houses attached to the churches or cathedrals where um, people could come and express their needs and they would also employ an almoner. So you're thinking alms, almondry, not almonds. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) uh or not al- I used to call it aamoner you're like, no, <laughs> and no. like no that's <laughs> Try again, dragon <laughs> <laughs> so um, but then this this almoner would basically be the person who would help the wealthy and help the church's alms giving like he would help them spend their money by being present in the community and seeing mm-hmm. the needs, you know, like this person's every time it rains, their thatched roof is like pouring under there you know like he he would as opposed to like a saint vincent de paul or a a soup kitchen or whatever this rather than making the poor come to you necessarily like you are going into the community building relationships and connecting people with people with needs with people who have you know and underneath the The theology that you must give. If you are a wealthy person, if you have something beyond your means, like Christ commands you to give. Mm -hmm. So this wasn't just like a, okay, now I'm going to go try and tell the person that we're going to name a wing of the cathedral after them if they donate. No, like this was, it was just expected. You must give alms. So I want to make a plug for like Mm. a parish savings account or something like a year round giving tree because there are things that can't be a part of the buy nothing group. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could maybe, but like, like something like somebody's, somebody needs job training Mm -hmm. and they need to be put through this program so that they're, well, so, so the goal isn't just to make people's lives stable where they are, Mm -hmm. you know, like fixing a roof or fixing a foundation. Yes, that's true. But the goal of giving to someone in need is that they will then be able to focus on their family, yeah. on what they are stewards over, and grow in virtue and make sure that their children and the people who they are stewards over can grow in virtue as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, well, this we're not going to give this to you because it's not a need. It's like, well, no, if you're w- working as an employee and you've got terrible hours and you're dependent on someone for a paycheck, but you have this skill that you would like to develop and that you think you can support yourself on. Mm-hmm. And you need job training or you need a piece of equipment to get this started um, or you need a piece of property. That's something that we can look at and say, would this person's family be better off if they had this family goal, this family business, this thing that they can become skilled masters in and pass along to the next generation? Or should they just continue to be somebody who's just waiting for a wage and waiting for retirement and waiting for,
0: and then, and then you know, the re- next And paycheck. then relying on a system, you know, to help them rather than building relationships with other people.
1: Yeah, or like my parents needed um, like a ramp, not a ramp, but like a railing going into sure. the house after my dad had surgery. And my mom ended up like, she's amazing. She ended up working with concrete and finding some kind of rail and they put it up. But it's like, that would be something where mm-hmm. like if you don't have anybody who's gonna put some concrete together and like build this thing for you, um, you could go to your your parish savings account and say, You know, my mom wants to still live at home. She's totally capable of living at home. She just can't get up and down these stairs anymore. You know, she doesn't want to move. She doesn't want to be put in a community living, you know, for elderly people. She wants to live in her home. It's important to her. Like, can we make this happen? Yeah. You know, and and some practical steps, if you happen to be a parish who's listening to this, like, you can start by keeping, I got made fun of by calling it a Rolodex. What would you call that? Like an Excel spreadsheet (laughs) Of, of people who who you've talked to who would gift their services, Hmm. you know, a dentist who may gift her services, you know, a carpenter or a Mason or, you know, somebody who, uh, somebody who hauls junk, who's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you just know somebody who absolutely needs this cleared out, like I would be happy to gift that based on your discretion, parish. Um, So keeping a list of services and then keeping a list of people, you know, want to give, want to give to somebody in their community. Um, And then going out and like having dinner with people, So you can assess needs, Mm. you know, um,
0: it's a, it's a real shift in mindset, right? You know, because we're, we're in a world where it's, it's not a Christian worldview that we all have kind of absorbed from the culture where we're all sort of waiting around um, for somebody else to do something good first before we do like, well, somebody else has to be generous. Like I could be generous, but like I may not be taken care of. So I got to wait to be taken care of. And then there's this endless, endless regress, right? Like no, everyone's kind of waiting around for the rest of the world to get their act together the Christian is called to put their trust in Christ, in God. And from that place of, of security saying, you know what? It starts with me. The generosity begins with me, the doing good, the giving mercy. It begins with me. I don't wait around for it to be done to me. I begin the chain. I start, I initiate. And so again, rather than uh, another way that this happens too, is again, the, the gift economy, we talked about this before, the gift economy um, is that's, that's the reality of life. That's the larger reality. You come into this world completely dependent on parents. You leave this world completely dependent on children, hopefully, or or the uh, the goodwill of people who are taking the place of children, I suppose. But you come into this world and you leave this world completely dependent on other people to take care of you. That's just the reality of things. That's, that's the bigger picture of life. In the middle, we organize society by having these mediums of exchange, and that's fine. That's good. But... That has to be informed by the larger reality of the gift economy, that even when we're we're exchanging money for services or for goods, that the, the goal should be for that to be a virtuous exchange where I'm trying to do you good by my money and you're trying to do me good by the by the good or service. Not that we're just trying to mutually be selfish with each other and take as much as we can. No, we want to turn that around where where even our exchange is an opportunity to do good. But the way we get back there is that in other places of life where it's not necessary – we practice this mutuality. We create these situations where both the person receiving and the person giving are, are taking this opportunity to practice virtue. You know, the giver practicing generosity and their radical trust in God and this initiation, this proactivity, and the person receiving in their humility, in their connection with another person, they're, they're accepting uh, of this, of this service and by then turning around and wanting to do the same for others. And so we're, it's, a, it's a change of mindset, but it's a, such a necessary one because this is, again, this is the world that Christ calls us to. This is what we're to, be, to build as Christians. And again, this is not the government's business. This is not, oh, we're going to build a system to do this for us. No, this is my responsibility, my opportunity to imitate my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
1: Oh, man. I <laughs> i read this asinine article the other day that asinine. was likening mothers Yes. To the government. Mm. And that, I, I mean, like, I can't even, I, I, I just came away from this article and it was written by Catholic. And I came away from this article where I was just like, they, essentially, they want you to act as if it's an employee-employer relationship. With the kids. <laughs> with the kids. Yeah. And I'm just like, how can, like, if I'm called to be anything, As a parent, it's called to be an icon of God, Mm -hmm. period. And like the idea that a mother giving free, like giving the gift of her life, giving the gift of her education to her children, giving the gift of like nourishment, I mean, like is likened to just preparing these little souls for the, (laughs) for like... weaning off the, you know, like
0: it sounds nursing off context, the government, but it's so easy for that to slip in our thinking for us to begin to model our relationships, our fatherhood, our motherhood, our marriages, like things that are less than us, things of this world, things that humans created rather than yeah. modeling yeah. them upward towards the saints, towards God, towards the things he created. Again, I yeah. Mean, it, marriages it, as, as contracts, uh, father, you know, uh, parents and kids as a a government to its citizens, like it gets goofy real fast because again, you're taking something that's higher and trying to model after something that is subsequent, something that's lower, something that's an epiphenomenon rather than returning to the source. Like, Lord, what is, what did you call this to be? That's where we want to learn this from.
1: Yeah. 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 It was definitely like seeing God's creation through like political systems right. instead of the other way around you know yeah, yeah, yeah. like how can we fashion the political system after god's reality right but <laughs>
0: well and again the reality of all the the reality of the family the reality of this life is that god created it as this uh, this time we're to grow in virtue we're to we're to come to know love and serve god in this life so we can be happy with him in the next that's the point of life that's the meaning and purpose of life uh, and so all of the systems that we create government or or political or economic systems, or schools, whatever systems we create, they have to refer back to that ultimate purpose. They are there to create virtue, and you can't create virtue if you take away freedom. You can't take away. You can't create virtue if you are taking over what is properly the responsibility of the individual. Whatever systems we have have to very gently uh, facilitate that, but not take it over. And so often, that's the problem: is that we mm-hmm. we see good that needs to happen in the world or evil that needs to be fixed, and we try to to, to pass it off onto a system. But it has to be my responsibility first to do good.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, I, I mean, this is the Old Testament. Mm. The Old Testament was like God trying to rip the Israelites out of all of these systems, you know, um, and focus them on the family and the clan, you know, their their particular um, brother of Jacob, you know, mm. the son of Jacob or whatever, became their clan, you know, and just trying to... just. Pull them away from systems and help them to see God as this provident father who wants to care for you. Um, but it is really hard to give up systems and paradigms. It is really hard to see God as trustworthy and abundant and and providential. Um, you know, there's a lot to look at. It, it You do feel like Peter walking on water in the storm. You know, there's a lot to look at to make you really scared Mm. Um, except for the, the utmost reality that is in front of us, which is like the fact that our God became one of us and suffered and died and gave his life so that he could take care of us. I mean, yeah. 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 That's, that's the kind of mother I would like to be (laughs) not an employer, not government system operator or whatever. So did we get off? We got off topic.
0: It's all right. No. So we want to know what you think about this. Again, the Buy Nothing group, it's a really neat movement that's going on in society. It's not the only way uh, to practice these virtues. Obviously, there's a thousand ways. um, But I think this is a neat thing that's happening. It gives us a great opportunity to uh, experience a different way of thinking about our stuff about our relationships, about our relationships with our community, um, a different way to practice some of our really needed and lacking virtues with with relation to all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and definitely check out uh, New NewPolity, NewPolity.com. Mm-hmm. Always challenging, um, always refocusing. Mm-hmm. Every time I, I love their podcasts. They have them on YouTube as well. Um, there's a new series out, like we had them when they were doing their money series, mm-hmm. Good Money, and now there's a new series out on Tyranny, and it is amazing. Yeah, really I loved stuff.
0: it. So, anyway, let you know know what. Uh, let us know what you think. Whew, my words are getting goofy today. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. Again, if you uh, like to be part of this conversation, continue along with us. Uh, we encourage you to download the app at awaken uh, the awakenapp.io. Sorry, Ethan, I threw threw you a curveball there. <laughs> Uh, download the app where you can follow this show and other shows on Awakened Catholic. And within the app, you can also access our patron community, the manager at St. Anne's. Uh, And you can get more information about that and how to support the show at elevateordinary.com. We appreciate your support. Again, thank you for being part of this discussion uh, here in Elevate Ordinary. We'll talk to you again next week. God bless.